Welcome to the Pursuers of Peak Performance podcast, the podcast for PTs and fitness business owners to produce more. The pursuit of peak performance is an ongoing process to produce next level results in every aspect. The purpose of this podcast is to share the processes and procedures that peak performers use to produce more. My name is Cody McAuliffe, and I'm the founder of the Pursuers of Peak Performance podcast. I see the proverbial bar of the standards within the fitness industry is way too low. My purpose and my passion is to raise that bar so that the fitness industry can live up to its potential. Let's get into the episode. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Pursuers of Peak Performance. Today's episode is absolutely amazing. Really excited to be able to share with you. It is Bianca Aino. She is the business partner of Kylie Ryan, who is our mindset mentor. Kylie was orig- uh, sorry, Bianca was originally one of Kylie's clients, so she's a great testament to the work that Kylie does. And I'm excited to have them as part of the team on this amazing program that we're offering, the Peak Performer Program. We go into a lot of detail in terms of everything to do with mindset around personal trainers and their mindset, and also personal training clients and their mindset. We talk about all of the differences between. Uh, mindset mentoring and mindset coaching and the distinction between those two things we talk about self-sabotage everything along these lines to be able to give you the best value in this episode possible really like to thank Bianca for sharing her time on this episode and I know that you guys are going to get absolutely amazing value out of this episode so let's get into it Thank you. 
Hey, how are you going? Good, how are you? Good. I'm um, just going to rename myself. Oh, I don't quite know how to rename myself here. I'm on an iPad. Do you know where it is? No. I don't think you're really honest. Um, okay. It's those little, um, it's those little tiny details that end up annoying me like my door handle in the background i hate that um cool dude nice to meet you same to you love the live that you did before thanks thanks it's all uh it's all happening um yeah. so that's super exciting what you're doing mm -hmm. it's moving Where in the right direction which is good yeah um, where are you up to with it all? Uh, just starting to promote more of it now, running an event in June, which is going to sell directly into it. So it's just going through that process to be able to do that more as well. So that'll be awesome. Awesome. Um, what would you like me to talk about and position today? Anything that you want. Well, I can do anything that you want, but I would like you to um, gain benefit from it too. So, mm. okay. yeah. So probably just like just asking some basic questions about uh, who you are, what you do, your experience with Kylie, uh, what you're doing with her now, and then just see where it flows from there. Just trying to add as much value to the audience as possible. Okay. Awesome. Are you hoping that people um, like? What's your probably your biggest barrier? in terms of your marketplace right now? Like, what do they need to know? Um, it's just more awareness. And then what I've noticed with a lot of the people that have been coming through so far is their biggest limitation is money. And I think that's based on the marketing that I've been doing. I haven't been attracting high enough quality people. So if it's targeted to more people who are already super successful in the industry, then I think that'll be much more beneficial comparative to what I've been doing. Mm. And when you say um, when you say more successful, like do they own gyms? Like what? What's your definition of that? So it's just more people that are uh, already got successful, like PT businesses, and like one to one more. Yeah, some one to one, some potential group training. Generally, not their own gyms because of the way that it's set up is to maximise them as a kind of sole trader business. 
so, and then there's other aspects and things that I do coaching and things of that nature for other people, uh, specifically with this, the peak performer program, it's mm. for people to be able to go from here to like the top level. So it's going from like looking for people who are already successful, already busy. They just struggle a lot with time. They struggle a lot with, uh, scaling their business. So they generally yeah, okay. feeling so, so they would be really interested to know like how to move into um, being like a high price coach, having a high hourly rate, having like maybe a group online program. Is that what they're kind of thinking of? Yeah. Some of those things as well. Um, it'll be, it's very much just taking them from where they are to whatever the next level is and beyond that as well. So um, yeah, for that, it's very much just working on, I guess the limiting beliefs that they have around their business and the things that are then holding them back as well, because what most people do is even, even in the mindset around that pricing and their pricing structure, they don't want to change it because they just compare it to everyone else. And then of course. around that. So, and yeah. then they also then have it based on charging hourly rates consistently rather than creating a all encompassing package for people. <laughs> yes. I, I remember all this. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I did start sort of marketing to personal trainers for a little while. Like it was a few years ago now. I thought that maybe was the next step. And I found all those things very difficult to overcome, you know, um, money, like within the, within the personal trainers. And it's quite difficult when your success is reliant on them getting over their money shit, mm. which your program will help them do as well but um just the, even the concept of leverage programs and selling a package on a pack that create that requires a lot of personal power like it requires a lot of like jumps that people need to like bridges people need to climb basically mm. in order for them to do that yeah definitely so uh so yeah i get it okay cool awesome and how long will we like will the total podcast be uh, generally goes for 45 to an hour. It just depends on what time you've got. Awesome. Great. That's perfect. Yeah. Do you need to be done by a specific time? Um, no, that's, that's fine. That's great. Okay. Um, and what's the pronunciation pronunciation of your last name? Uh, I, oh, no. Or I, oh, no. I, oh, no. I, oh, no. I, oh, no. Yeah. Cool. Um, so what I'll do is I'll do the introduction afterwards. So we'll just basically, I'll introduce your name, start, and then we'll just get into it. And are you recording this with two cameras side by side? That we do? Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Cool. Awesome. Welcome to today's podcast. Today's guest is Bianca Iono. Thanks for joining us, Bianca. You're welcome, Cody. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Uh, do you mind giving us a little bit of a background about uh, your history and what got you to where you are today? Oh, sure. Okay. Um, so I started in the industry around 2001 or two, and um, that was way back when, before even like um, Good Life was uh, even uh, even a, a gym. And uh, rent was a new concept um, back when rent was like $150 a week um, for personal trainers. And it was really surprising to me that um, I was going through uni. I actually got fired from my first three jobs at like Brumbies and Supre because um, I stopped learning. And um, I decided, well, look, you know, for me to get through uni, I need to have a job that I'm at least interested in. And then I started being a personal trainer and I realized people were giving me money for 
like stuff that I did in my backyard growing up. Like this is stuff that I, you know, super basic. And I remember my dad saying, oh, you know, oh, but I really love you. Go to uni and get, get a degree. And I'm like, yeah, but dad, I'm, I make more money now than all my friends who've already got a degree. And they're still like, what, four years of hex debt. So I used to, um, so like at 22, I was just working my butt off and I loved it. Um, and I used to work all day Friday just for free um, to learn and learn from the other um, experienced trainers around me. And I quickly got up to 60 sessions a week of half hour sessions. Um, and, you know, back then, you know, it was uh, like probably $27 or $30 was kind of the norm. And I was getting, you know, packages of up to $45 for a half hour just because I, I just really had that understanding of what people wanted because I think personal training is a really unique um, power balance structure where where your clients are the ones that do the burpees and they pay you so you have to kind of have this sort of sense of a sense of personal power around you in order to command that but um very quickly I realized I was the unhealthiest I've ever, I'd ever been my nutrition went out the window I could never be bothered training myself I was like shits in the night between me and my partner and um, I really burnt myself out. And so um, I moved towns. I decided I was going to create my own personal training studio. Um, and I sort of went from, um, I, had, I had one client um, in the boot of my car and I had some equipment in the boot of my car. And over three years, I built it up. So I had a staff of five. I had 100 clients and had a studio. Um, and, uh, and that was really awesome. We won lots of business awards and Young Business of, a Woman of the Year and Best New Business of the Year on the Sunshine Coast. That was really great. But uh, I also bet myself out then as well. And realized that so much of the stuff that I loved about personal training was now getting taken up by like Fair Work Australia and staff issues and financial management and, you know, just all like I didn't get any of the rewards and um, the fulfillment that I used to get. So um, I really went on a journey to find how to do things a different way. And that was about 2012 when things in the internet was really moving differently and I realized I could start packaging the things that I would, basically I wanted the business model that I just wanted to be able to rock up, be fabulous and then drop mic, drop mic and then walk away and do what I did really well. And uh, from that, I really learned a lot about internet marketing, about leverage programming um, and I created basically, um, it was, I sort of started off at three and a half K 12 week programs, like what it would take, what would it cost to train with me three times a week or train with one of my staff three times a week. I turned that into a flexible delivery of one personal training session with some extra homework and, and um, nutrition work. And I just found that instead of the three hours a week that I was impacting a client's life, I could help if I worked on their mindset, I could help 168 hours. And so I started, you know, basically my hourly rate went up to like, I don't know, it was like something like $800 an hour or $400 an hour or something like that because I started selling the transformation I could get people and stop trading time for money. Um, I think I even pushed the boundaries right up to um, eight grand for only a few hours worth of work over the over a course of 12 weeks. And it's funny, my, my cousin who's a personal trainer too, he was like, oh, cuz, what are you doing? You know, like, are you losing the weight for them? Um, but what I really just understood is that if I could 
automate, systemize and give people the result they were actually asking for. It didn't matter the time that I was exchanging. Um, and then, and then still I knew I was still kind of like burning myself out. Like there was still, I was burning myself out on the opposite side now with the marketing of finding the people who wanted to pay that, who wanted to, you know, have that real top echelon of service. And, um, and then it sort of all changed for me when I ended up doing um, my NLP certification with Kylie Ryan from My Mind Coach. Um, and I first met Kylie when I Googled weight loss motivation many years ago when I was trying to get over my own... Um, my own disordered weight, but like eating patterns after, um, you know, six months on a prep diet and then six months being a um, junk food loving couch potato. And I had a great, great relationship with Kylie and she really taught me how to do what she'd done for me for others. Um, and that was really a game changer. That was when I now no longer I had the coaching skills to be able to actually not just be a helicopter parent, not just use willpower, um, and sort of almost like that nagging accountability for my clients. And, um, yeah, when I did my NLP certification and, and got equipped with that, then I was able to, uh, I, I added like 30 K and in, um, like, uh, revenue onto my bottom line the very next month after I finished that. And, uh, since then I've partnered with Kylie and I help, um, other coaches do the same and, and other business owners, especially women business owners, overcome the mindset blocks that stop them from owning that personal power that says, Hey, this is what I can do for you. Um, this is how much you'll invest because I know you're going to get some crazy insane results and we're going to be, um, you know, kicking awesome goals together. So, um, that's my little nutshell. There. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Uh, what I find is when I talk to most personal trainers, the biggest thing is like, well, how can you charge say $400 an hour? Uh, for your services because they come from a, a frame of reference of like, right, well, I'm working in a gym with all of these different personal trainers. There's a physio that works in my gym and he charges this. How can I then charge this over here? How do you uh, explain that to people? You know, the really cool thing about personal trainers is that they are quite competitive, quite growth focused, um, really have high expectations on themselves and to a degree are quite competitive. So the problem happens is that they start looking to others, you know, oh, how, how, uh, how heavy can you squat? This is how much I can squat. How much are you charging? I'm going to compare myself and see whether or not I think it's worth it. And that's the biggest mistake. That's the number one mistake. And it's what, what clients would say as well, what you would say to your clients. You know, if a client was measuring their weight loss results to somebody on The Biggest Loser, you'd say, just run your own game. Um, but... Uh, so that's the very first and foremost is don't compare yourself to anybody else. But when you get really, when you really stay in your own lane and you really become an artist at articulating your transformational value that you offer for your clients, you end up being in a niche that's like an inch wide and a mile long, a mile deep. And, uh, you know, I was a team leader years ago at a gym and, um, one of the guys was having this problem himself. He was like, you know, I, um, I, I'm really struggling with charging $30 for a half hour, you know, getting people to pay and turn up and, and I want to take it to that next level. And I'm sure people pay, charge way more than this, but this was back in the day. And um, 35 was the next level. And I said, like, 
I was, I was like, dude, look at that client that you've worked with over the last 12 weeks. He went from being like a really skinny dude, really, you know, cowled over in his shoulders, um, you know, and in 12 weeks you've added like six kilos of pure muscle. He's doing all these, you know, fitness stuff. He's going out heaps. He's got a girlfriend now. That's where you've taken him from. It doesn't like, of course that's worth an extra five. But like this, it's not even, it's comparing apples to oranges. When you know, when you can like, like when you have a big library of the results that you've gotten for people and you can just go without a doubt, I can get you from A to Z, you just have to do the work, then you can charge, you, you price it to how much you want to do it. And so as I got more and more booked out, I started pricing things as to how much I didn't really want to do it. Like I call it the dress pricing test where you maybe don't know this dress um, dress issue, but you can you can walk into a dress shop and go, oh, I like that dress, and then you look at the price tag and go, oh, fifty dollar like that dress, you don't a hundred dollar like that dress. So so you can start pricing your services, going, you know what? I actually really love semi-private personal training, and um, that's my main focus. So if anyone wants one-on-one, well, you know what? I'm going to be I only a hundred and twenty dollar an hour like that work. So leading with your passions and your gifts first is what helps you understand what it is, like your true value. That's essential. This is a value um, uh, deliberation here. So, um, and even if you haven't quite got anyone results just yet, but you've been working with people over a period of time, um, and I know the Cody, you work with people who have been more successful and had more runs in the games. But even if you're just starting out, there's an energy um, that personal trainers have. It's just like just showing up and telling the person that they 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 matter, and when they rock up to their session, you're there for them. You're 100% there for them. That's a result. That's the transformation in itself. So just really being an artist and owning that spot, just like you would own knowing how you can do 100 push-ups on your toes, easy as. Like when you have that rock-solid confidence in your ability to be there for the person and your transformational skills, then it just becomes a dress pricing test. How much do you want to get paid? How much don't you want, don't you want to get paid? Yeah, cool. 100% agree with that. And it comes down to consistently people also increasing their capabilities as a trainer and like yes. NLP... <clears throat> as part of that because what most people do is they say, all right, well, you just got to get better at business. You've just got to get better as a coach. You need to work on both things. You need to work on rowing with both oars rather than just going around and around in a circle, just using one. And that capability of that mindset becomes essential for people. How do you then talk to people about, all right, well, I already do mindset with my clients. This is the most common thing that people say to me. How is that different from actually becoming an NLP coach or just getting some practices of NLP? Because everyone says, all right, I'm a good coach and I already do mindset with people when the reality is they very much just touch on it. Yeah. Yeah, it is quite fascinating. Um, so when, like, basically the, the definition of mindset if you don't actually have any qualifications on how to access somebody's subconscious mind, all you're doing is being a fitness babysitter. All you're doing is um, making changes on the 10% of the conscious mind that can affect change. So I remember, you know, listening to those celebrity trainers and um, I, uh, you know, it's like, are you a woman of your word? And the person says, yes, I am. You know, like you see in Biggest Loser. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, 
they're actually mentoring. They're not actually coaching because when you're a coach, you allow the person to find the decision, find, make up the decision, create the alignment in their desires and their behaviors for themselves. It's not about accountability. It's not about using willpower. And I think a lot of the times, um, personal trainers confuse mindset work with just rah-rah cheerleading conscious behavior. And um, I've done a lot of work in the industry helping people recover from those celebrity endorsed 12-week personal tra- uh, 12-week challenges where everybody's rah-rah, yeah, it's amazing. And you can use willpower to muscle yourself over the line every time. But some of these people have done like eight 12-week challenges in a row and all their weight had done was drop down, climb back up, drop down, climb back up. But they didn't make the um, discernment. They thought that it was their fault because they lost the results when the 12-week challenge was over. And the personal trainers, it was easy for them to say, oh, well, they just didn't keep up with their habits. It's their fault they didn't keep up with the maintenance. But actually, the 12-week challenge, you know, there's so many beautiful um, camaraderie and uh, benefits that you can't get normally in everyday life. But as soon as you use willpower to try to muscle over the 90% of your subconscious mind, you will have to pay that back like a um, slingshot and it will propel you in the opposite direction. And so it's personal trainers. It's your duty to also find out what happens after the after, you know, everybody pimps out. Like I see it, you know, flooding through my feed, um, particular personal training program where, you know, these people like they're getting these amazing fat burning results, but I bought their program and I looked on the inside and they're only eating 800 calories a day for eight weeks. Anybody's going to lose the weight in the eight weeks. What about all the disordered eating, disordered eating behaviors and the binging and the horrible you know, depression that would happen afterwards? And so if you really want to be a next level personal trainer, you, um, you would need to also compare yourself and going, hey, I'm a coach. You're actually a little bit of a coach and mainly a mentor because you're like, hey, this is what works for me. Um, this is what I think you should do too. And there's a lot of personal trainers out there who are kind of orthorexics in disguise. Yeah, Um, I agree with that. Yeah, you know, like like, uh, there was some lady on TV saying that all fat people are lazy if they don't find a reason to exercise every day and she had twins and she was waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning to exercise and I was like, "Um, you've just told us that you're an exercise bulimic in the past and, and now you're saying to people who are obese they need to wake up in their critical REM moments of REM sleep probably having sleep apnea to get up and ruin all the like like add to all the cortisol hormones that are actually getting them that way in the first place um it's like giving a stage to to many of the disorders that run rife and run unchecked in the fitness industry and um you know i think there's a lot of personal trainers who actually really get quite resentful towards, you know, the MLMs, like the instant coaches who put up an Instagram post and they go, I'm a coach or I'm a fitness role model or, you know, listen to me. Anyone can create a meme. Um, anyone can create, you know, uh, like a uh, um, free challenges and then you get the free, sh- it's a free challenge and then you pay for the shapes. So 
so personal trainers might get their nose out of joints over those kind of instant coaches, but essentially that's what they're doing themselves when they, they purport that they're a mindset coach when actually they're just a willpower mentor telling them this is how, what worked for me, this is what should work for you, and they're not actually being responsible for the holistic development of the client. They're being a bit blinded and they're not looking at what happens when the person isn't, you know, isn't in their company and all the shortcuts that they're making. Um, and essentially they're cheating themselves as well because I think as personal trainers, we are very much um, visionaries, big thinkers, um, love to push ourselves, love to keep pushing through to that next level of performance. To say, I'm already as good as it gets, I can't get any better, is kind of like... Um, and, and they will actually be seeing the results of that in their business as well. The fact that they say, I already do this, I can't learn anymore. They will actually have hit a, an income ceiling, um, a fulfillment ceiling in their own business. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I was talking to a, a personal trainer a little while ago who was saying to me, um, oh, you know, I need some help. Um, I need some help. I need some help to grow my business. All my clients think that I think that they already know everything um, and I can't, I can't sell them my nutritional and mindset coaching challenge. And, um, and I said, oh, you know, we've got this program or we've got this program or here's an option. And she said, um, well, well, look, I actually just don't want to keep on paying for support. I need to find it out myself. Look at that for, for a reflection. That's the mirror that's happening in a business. She didn't re recognize that the same objection, it's a sales obje objection basically, that was coming up with her clients. They were saying, you know what, I can probably just find it. I can probably just Google the answers by myself. And it was reflecting in her own business. So it's, um, I think it's a matter of pride. It's like if you really want to stick in this game, and I think it's a really difficult industry as well with so many people how... You know, they can just um, get, you know, like an Instagram account and do a fitness challenge um, and they've got, you know, like a cute body and uh, maybe they're good at marketing or maybe they're good at, you know, like Photoshopping. And so there's a lot of competitors, com competition out there. Um, and I remember way back when um, I, was on, I was on SBS Insight a few years ago about personal trainers and one of the stats that one of the vision guys um, brought up was that the length, that the expiry of a personal trainer in the industry was about 18 months. Um, and that's a real shame because the, uh, you know, the obesity rates are still climbing. So Australia is still getting fatter. They're still getting more and more unhealthy. But the diet products are still growing. So... So instead of looking to your fellow personal trainers as the as competition, look at all the diet industry. Look at the shake, the shakes and the fillers and um, the Insta fitness experts as your real competition. And the only way to really equip yourself um, for longevity, if this is really what you want to do, is that further education. Yeah, 100% agree. And I think it's... Um very much about like the industry is very much expanding. There's more money going into health and fitness than ever before. And it's those people who increase the capability as a coach are going to be the ones that stand out because yes. what happens is people either race to the bottom or to the top and like the middle starts to filter out. So all of those people who come into the PT industry with limited skill sets or they don't upskill eventually just get pushed out of the industry. And then the standards start to raise by the people who are the top in the industry who actually do the mindset coaching, who do 
genetics testing, who become yeah. sports nutritionists, who do all of these things, which is all about the program that I've created for people. It's bringing that all encompassing approach in terms of all of those factors, mindset, nutrition, movement, genetics, all of those factors together to be able to raise those standards of the fitness industry. And then that mindset becomes that critical component of it. And with mindset, that's a twofold thing as well. So it's the mindset of the coach and the mindset of the client as well, because a lot of the PTs that come into the industry have their own things that they need to work through in terms of their relationship with money, their relationship mm. with business, their relationship with their own body mm. to, be able to then lead the way for their clients as well. Do you find that at all? Oh, totally. Look, uh, when Kylie shared with me what you're doing, I was so excited um, because I really feel like there's, I don't really think there's anything else out like that. I mean, I, I feel like the industry has been waiting for years for this. And um, when I was a team leader, I actually, there were some um, training organizations that I actually, um, you'd have to be pretty special, like pretty, have some good personal skills. Um, because I knew that the training that was coming from those organizations were rubbish. Like, you know, you're a taxi driver and then eight weeks later, you're suddenly a personal trainer. Um, and I would have a lot of problems with the, with the staff that were just sort of churned out of these training organizations. Um, and because of being an athlete and having a long career as an athlete, um, having lots of different pain issues as well as um, it's sort of spanning, like I've represented Australia in six different sports um, and also done, you know, gone to body sculpting and then had a lot of pain management that I had to work on. So I really had to seek out a lot of different help. And I remember I was at, um, you know, for a little while I was working at one of the large chain gyms and um, who was a feeder gym for some of these training organisations. And I caused such an uproar within the other personal trainers because I was taking the push-pull sit-up legs, arms or whatever, you know, standard that they said they were only allowed to do and I was being flexible with it. So I had a lot more clients. I had way more fun. They were getting great, great results um, and I was enjoying myself. And, uh, you know, so some of, the, some of the personal trainers had the shits with me, but other personal trainers just pulled me aside and said, where did you learn that from? And I'm like, I, I had to collect it. I had to go out on an on a expedition um, and, and collect it along the way. And, um, you know, it's super exciting just to see the amazing collective of, of experts that you have, especially because I've done work with some of them too, you know, way back like 13 years ago when it was, you know, you didn't have social media to to connect all the dots. Um, and I feel like the, what you're helping this evolution of a personal trainer, what you're helping. And, um, you know, it just, it's so admirable. What you're doing is like putting your neck out there for the longevity of personal trainers in the industry is actually, I feel like personal trainers will are in such a great position to make a positive impact because they're so kinesthetic. They've got this great persona um, that people get addicted to, you know, people love being in their energy. And if we equipped them with, you know, better business skills and better mindset skills, mindset coaching skills, better personal power skills, then the reach that they have is going to be um, wider and wider and more influential. And personal trainers can finally step into that vision of what could be possible for them as well. Instead of being this sort of thing, of, and, and uh, I really got this where, 
you know, you can be a real victim of circumstances when you're in a gym where they won't let you charge your own prices or, um, you know, people are cancelling on you and you're trying to develop a business in a new town um, or, you know, you're just getting undercut. There's a whole bunch of stuff that can go on outside of your control that um, if you don't have the financial backing or the circumstances that allow you to weather it through, it's a real shame because you could actually be making a massive difference. So, um, you know, I feel like this is a really great opportunity for people to make sure that this passion that they have for helping people doesn't just get snuffed out in a couple of years because they're just burnt out, under, underpaid, overworked and um, the unhealthiest they've ever been as well. Mm, definitely. 100% agree with that. In terms of, I guess, the limitation for coaches in terms of their mindset, I find that it's very much around uh, them investing in their business yeah. uh, and they very much see things as costs um, comparative to like investments or something. What, what advice would you give to people to be able to create a more empowering relationship with uh, their business and money? So you mean when it comes to the crunch of investing in your business and putting money down or monthly recurring money down, it's like comes up against resistance? Yeah. Um, look, I mean, I remember the first time I invested in a high-level mentor, I, um, I actually had been getting some hour like coaching, business coaching sessions from this guy that I met from a wedding. And looking back... Um, the dude was super sleazy and super gross and he was like so inappropriate for me at the fitness industry. And I remember saying to him, he was like, oh, you know, you could rent a place next to Woolworths. I'm like, dude, I've only got like a handful of clients. How, how would I, I'm, I'm nervous about doing that. And he said, oh, yes, that's because it's your money. And I was like, yes, it is my money. <laughs> if you give me all this advice and you've got no risk and um, I'm just going to be up the creek. And uh, fortunately, so that guy was like mm, $200 an hour or something like that. But he, the, the cost, if I had implemented any of the things he told me, the cost to my life, my business would have been in the tens of thousands, right? So it's about investing first and foremost in the right information and ensuring that you are um, surrounding yourself, like the, the level of um, information, especially with your social media that you put out, Cody, somebody could just be investing in their time and be improving on their income um, just by implementing the tips that you give out for free. So that's first and foremost, seeing the return on the investment, not looking at it as an expense and seeing how it comes back in spades. Um, I end up having a chat to... Um, a fitness person, a personal trainer mentor many years ago and I committed to like $800 a month for like two, two years. And um, it, I, when I got, got off the phone, I actually felt like vomiting. Um, it, was so, it was so new to me. But what I had to do was go away and sit down going, okay, if I were just to increase like add an extra five people a month to my group program and then pick up maybe one or two more personal. I mean, essentially that was just one, one personal training client a month um, or just add a few extra into my group program. Then I'm kind of making even. So I'm like, okay, there's a goal. Personal training is a good at setting a goal and then achieving it. As long as you are, it's like, um, 
It's like personal trainers can put so much effort into the stuff that is difficult but easy, right? So I can push myself and do like an ultra marathon. I can push myself and do all these CrossFit workouts. But, but if you're going to ask me to maybe promote myself on social media and put a video camera on my face or to do some marketing where I have to get in touch with my emotional side, that's the difficult, difficult stuff that sometimes personal trainers can really um, cop out on themselves. And that's the part that I, you know, that I can get really shitty about with people that um, really hold themselves to a, their clients to a high standard, but they don't hold themselves to that same high standard. Um, you know, where like, like holding a high professional standard for yourself means that your clients will also benefit. Um, seeing where your clients, like if you saw your client and they're saying, oh, I can't do five push-ups on, on your toes and you say, yes, you can. I wouldn't have given it to you if I didn't believe in you. You can do it. How often do they do it? Of course they do and they love you for it. But on the flip side, personal trainers don't often, don't always see that the same excuses their clients are giving them that they get annoyed at, um, they're also accepting for themselves when it comes to going out of their own comfort zone. So um, first of all, thinking at it as a return on your investment, what is it that you need to do as a minimum to cover that expense? And then the next thing is what can you make from it? Like that's just, you know, trying to cover it. Um, and I think being led by such fear and scarcity and lack um, is, is a, a mode of operation that often people who are in that, that frame of mind, they, they wuss out of inspecting. Um, and that's why mindset coaching is so important because it helps show you where you're being incongruent. Um, but I tell you, once I invested, uh, within three months, I had made, um, I actually had a 16 grand tax bill within three months. So I think I, I actually brought in 50 grand. I brought in 50 grand into my, new, into my business with a $1,600 investment commitment. Um, and that's how much I sold. Like, like the biggest personal training package that I ever sold, oh, it was a bit too much, was like to one person was $20,000. Like that's how, that's what I was taught. That's, that's, the, that's the techniques, the strategies, the mindset uh, work that I learned. Not saying that that's necessarily a good thing because then I was tied into training somebody three times a week in two years. Um, I became too good of a salesperson for, for my, myself. Um, but you're limiting yourself. And if only you could use the same encouragement that you use to your clients, you could be um, in a more empowered position, get out of that fear and scarcity mindset um, and be a more empowering coach and help the lives of more people if you didn't just accept those mindset beliefs and fears as just um, a smokescreen. A smoke screen that can change. A belief is just a thought that you practiced and you chose to think over and over again until you thought it was true. Mm. Definitely agree with that. And I find that um, when you start to increase those capabilities as well as a coach and then you have your business model adapt over a period of time along with those investments, then it just means that it starts to pay off much more as well. So when you're increasing your capability, that's a very much an investment in the future of your business. And you also get that instant return. So it's like, well, yes. 
how do we get that instant return to be able to get that return on investment straight away as fast as possible? But then also seeing what the potential upside is on the other side of that comparative to being mm. like standing out so much more in the fitness industry compared to just blending in with every other personal trainer out there, which is what most people do at yeah, the moment. Absolutely. That's the whole point of like this entire course. It's about getting people to be able to be that new standard and it's giving them all the skill sets and the business models to be able to come along beside it so that it gives them everything they need for that 12 month period so that then they can create amazing results within that 12 months. But then the upside is always going to be way after that because then they're set up to be that person that stands out and then all of the upside then becomes long term as well. Absolutely. In terms of, I guess, you've talked about uh i guess congruence a little bit there what what is congruence um that's basically walking your talk so i feel like there's um it's a large largely about being in integrity as well so you know if you're a someone came on the radio um teasing personal trainers about saying you know i wear a shirt that says nothing tastes as good as skinny feels and i normally wear that while i'm lining up eating uh, ordering fried chicken um and uh i suppose that's you know a bit of an extreme example of someone being out of integrity um and out of congruence and when you are out of congruence, it means basically that you've got a bit of the fraud complex going on, the imposter syndrome. And that's a mindset issue um, that can really play out in so many areas of your business and your life um, that often can be like um, covered over by big muscles, right? Um, so, you know, like you might have a perfect body, but um, behind closed doors, you actually... Um, you know, tell yourself lots of negative things or you have an abusive relationship with food or, um, you know, you're spending all your money on gambling or something like that. So, so when you have some level of the fraud complex happening, it will be really difficult for you to enforce cancellation policies. Um, so your clients will walk all over you. Um, it means that you won't feel like it's a large part about being a good salesperson as a personal trainer is like actually well, it's actually being a good personal trainer <laughs> allows you to be a good salesperson because you say, hey, yeah, so you'd like to lose 50 kilos in the next 12 months. Sure, absolutely, I can help you with that. Um, I remember saying to one girl, I'm like, well, it's, no, um, it's not about whether or not you're going to lose the weight. It's just about how much you're going to lose it and how fast we're going to do it. And she burst out crying then because she's like she didn't believe it could happen and she'd never really had that experience of somebody truly going of course of course we can help you do it um you know weight loss is such a funny thing it's like there's so much morality involved there that people think that it's so magical i'm like losing weight is super easy um it's keeping it off it's the hard part um but when you have as a personal trainer when you are congruent with your message that you can deliver with your embodiment so how you show up in the world that you're not just you know telling <laughs> telling your clients um to eat chicken and broccoli and you're rushing home to get wendy's and donuts um then not only do your clients get better results because you have more empathy for them but you get more of the results that you deserve in your income, in your time off. Uh, it's, it's okay to say no. Like when you, when you are truly owning your power, 
you aren't self uh, subconsciously self-sabotaging on the results and the vision that could be possible. And I, I would, I would suggest, I uh, probably suspect Cody that often you are sitting on the other end of a phone call with um, personal trainers who are thinking about working with you or going through one of these um, programs with you. And you can probably hear all the doubt that's happening in their mind. And you're like, well, no, when you invest in yourself, you will reap the, reap the rewards. Like, you know, you do the work and you get the returns. Like there's no magic pill here. Of course you're going to get it. Um, and that's because you're embodying what you've done. Like you've already implemented and you know your work inside out. When a personal trainer has this fraud complex in incongruency happening going on is um that's essentially what's holding them back and holding them back from resisting saying yes to themselves breaking to that next level having longevity in the industry having freedom uh freedom to travel whenever they want to take time off to earn money when they are not in the country um to yeah help a wider range of people when you have a lack of congruency because you're afraid let's face it you're afraid to look into those dark recesses of your mind um, and confront those thoughts that because um, that's the difficult difficult part not the difficult easy part then it's affecting you way more places than you would uh, you'd be shocked to realize how how small of a game you're playing Mm, definitely. You talked a little bit about self-sabotage there. Can you go into that a little bit more? And um, I guess because most people, they do it to themselves unknowingly, but then their clients also do it as well. So just talking about the differences between that and why, I guess, just working on the conscious component of that doesn't necessarily work. Yeah, sure. Um, so, so it's interesting because self-sabotage is in itself even a term that's misapplied because what's happening is that you have, so you've got your 10% of your conscious mind, the 90% of your subconscious mind, that's the iceberg underneath the water. So it's the, it's the elephant that's controlling the majority of your behaviors and your desires. So like your conscious mind is like the rider on top where you can muscle, you can yank the, um, the, the, the elephant over to the right for as long as you keep yanking. As soon as you relax or don't concentrate or um, just start looking up at the sky, the elephant will win over every single time. So essentially it means that if you are not aligned, you're not getting the results that you want. If you are not um, aligning your behaviors with your actual desires. Like if somebody says, I'm not going to drink for 30 days um, and then they, they quit within three days um, or they say, I really want to be a, um, a next level personal trainer. But when it comes to the crunch, um, you know, they sign up and then they, they pike just, you know, a, a day before the course is meant to start. It means that their conscious mind, even though it might have so, so much of the, you know, the right intentions, there's a large part of the subconscious brain that says, hang on, if you do that, you won't be safe. We're not keeping ourselves safe here. So there's actually, it's actually the conscious part that is the self-saboteur, the part that's saying, yeah, I'm just going to go gung ho. I'm going to do this and I'm not going to like um, pay any attention to you. And it's the 90% of it that's going, well, you know, that the elephant that's actually saying, hey, you're not listening to me. You're trying to override me. Fine. I'll do whatever you tell me to do for, I'll stay quiet for the next two weeks, but then you're going to have to give up because eventually you will. 
Um, so I think with self-sabotage, when you totally do surrender to, it's like you have to have those two parts of you recognizing that there's beauty in both. It's kind of like you've gone a bit of an all or nothing. You've, you've discredited the part that if you're feeling like a fraud, if there's a part of you that's feeling unheard, it must be integrated, listened to and integrated so that it feels safe to move forward. Um, for instance, like I was, a lady came to me and she said, I, I want to lose weight. Um, so I'd like to um, stop drinking for 30 days and me and my husband are going to do it together. And so all we did was start talking about, so why do you like to drink? Um, what's drinking important? You know, what does that give you? And what's the purpose of that? And we actually discovered that the reason that she drank was so that she could have more confidence. The reason that she needed more confidence was because she felt like she wasn't actually living her purpose. And a bunch of sort of sort of little subliminal hints started coming out about kind of, you know, maybe wanting to be a mother in the future. And... Um, but not really feeling like, um, you know, it was a, I think she was saying that it's not a good world to bring out. I'm not ready. Um, why would you want to bring a, a child out into this world? And, and so there's all this stuff happening. And as an NLP coach, I'm trained to look at the, the deletions, distortions, um, places where you're ignoring a large part of your, your subconscious. And I said to her, I said, look, you know, we've gone all this all about how losing, stopping drinking, losing weight is going to make you more confident, um, going to, you know, make you, make you happy. But this thing about the baby is sort of coming up and there's a few things that have got a bit of emotional charge. And if we really got down to it, if we could eliminate all that fear, how important is that to you? And in that moment, in that moment of vulnerability, she broke down and said, that's actually the most important thing to me in the world. And she had a, you know, it was a beautiful moment of releasing and, and realizing that's what she wanted. I didn't speak to her for another 30 days. And when she rocked up to that coaching session, she said, oh my gosh, I've painted the nursery. I've gone to the fertility doctor. I've had a conversation with my husband and I haven't even thought about alcohol in the last 30 days. Oh, and by the way, I've lost five kilos. So it's so easy to be a coach, to be quote unquote coach and go, okay, let's, let's write some affirmations and let's talk about why you're not going to drink alcohol. But ultimately she would have always, that would only have ever worked for as long as she was not feeling, she could convince herself that she, that she wasn't feeling um, uh, unconfident. And when we actually allowed that part of her to have center stage, she could integrate it together. And that's what's going on for so many personal trainers, clients, the emotional eating and even the weight, the expressed weight on itself is the long, is the end result of a long line of emotional burdens, decisions, distortions, deletions. And I just like to go right up to the top and change it from the top. And when you can do that, because you're really totally actually asking the person, what is it that you really want? When you can help people deliver what it is that they really, really want and you are trained to hear it, that's when you become a, a, the go-to expert because you deliver what people want because you can hear and you don't distort it through your own solutions of what you think they need. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Can you go into a little bit more detail about that in terms of the ability to be able to listen for those things then? Um, so with NLP, there are things called presuppositions. So basically it's kind of like, um, distortions. Tell me, it's like, um, if somebody says, 
well, tell me uh, um, maybe a, oh, here we go. I know a lot of personal trainers in their business say people won't pay that much from my area. I can't charge that much. Um, why can't you charge that much? Because nobody, um, everybody spends their last dollar on, on alcohol and cigarettes and, um, and going to the movies and nobody values their health. So like, what would you notice in that statement? Uh, talking in like everybody or nobody. So it's like complete, like there's no opportunity for that to be any other way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So within the generalizations, I can already see that there's, um, and even inspecting a little bit more, there's probably some discounting happening within the generalization. So therefore there would be some discounting happening within the person because everything they see on the outside is a reflection of what's going on for them on the inside. So I can see there, there's some generalization happening. There's some awfulization, catastrophizing happening. So, and then also discounting. So it's like, um, there might be a bunch of, uh, beliefs all rolled up into one and it, I kind of talk about them being like a tapestry of beliefs and they kind of feed into the next one and they become a bit of a Medusa head, a seven snaked head. Um, when you, become, you start just becoming, like the more sessions that you do, the more you hear the, the radio that goes on, the inner talk that goes on behind people's mind uh, and also the more work that you do yourself. Um, so, for instance, when I do a, you know, I've been doing a lot of work lately about how it's, doesn't you don't have to work hard to create results success can be easy and you don't have to learn through pain so one of the beliefs that have i've been working through with my mentor is about um the worthiness to receive just as i am right now and realizing that i often would do you know more and more and more and more when it's kind of was a bit of a less is more scenario would have actually gotten got any better results like i was killing myself for the 20 percent of results that wasn't really necessarily um give, getting me any more personal over like life goals uh, life benefits than if i had to just stopped at the 80 percent so um, as you keep unpacking, it's like you start going, what's the purpose of that? Or what would that mean if you didn't have that? And these kind of absolute rules of thumb, um, collective consciousness, they start standing out to you from practice, um, as well as just distortions that might sound normal to them, but your frame of reference, you can just ask them going, oh, really? Really? Um, and how is that? And, and who says that? And um, there's often a shadow to every light, like even things that sound positive, um, like, uh, you know, healthy is the new skinny, um, strong is the new skinny, things like that. So it sounds positive to start off with, but then when you start questioning going, well, hang on, does that mean you can't be skinny and strong? Does that mean that only, um, or even people where they say, you know, fat people are lazy. Okay. So does that mean that every person who's ever been lay a fat got that way because they were lazy? And does that mean that there's no skinny people that have ever been lazy? So when you just keep on questioning the context and the format, it weakens the beliefs, it weakens the tapestry of beliefs. And uh, that's called meta modeling. And uh, that's a lot of fun. That's what I kind of call, you know, calling bullshit. I like playing that game. <laughs> 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 you should just call it that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> 
Cool. So I'm doing uh, the NLP program with you and Kylie at the moment. I'm really excited for that. You've been working with Kylie for quite a while and you, you're now in business with her. What's, what's that experience been like for you and then the impact on your business? Uh, so that last question again, what's been the... What's been the impact of working with Kylie on you personally and your business? Oh, you ask the hard questions, don't you? Um, so me personally, I, I first discovered Kylie when I was doing six months of body sculpting, dieting, winning shows, and then waking up eating pizza and Tim Tams for breakfast, you know, um, and just feeling, just feeling like a fraud and feeling like I was, you know, do what I say, not as I do. Um, and I could never really find that peace. I just was exhausted basically. And when I first discovered Kylie, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I did her kickstart motivation program first, which was like a little audio course she did. Yeah. Like eight years ago or something. And it was incredible. I was like, every personal trainer needs to know this stuff about how to inherently move, uh, motivate somebody or inspire somebody from their values as opposed to motivate them with a, uh, with a hammer of willpower. Um, that really made a big impact for me. And then I was like, I need all your coaching. I need like the big bam deal. I need 10 sessions straight away. And then within the first session, we actually realized that my idea of dieting like I, I wanted her help so I could step up back on stage um, and win the next title. Like, oh, I've won one title, so win some more. And I need to do it in the next 17 weeks, but I can't, as try as hard as I might, I can't um, stop myself from eating Sara Lee Rocky Road ice cream. Um, now, like I'll go two weeks and then I'll be elbow deep in Rocky Road ice cream. What the hell's happened? I didn't even notice it was happening until, you know, it's like half a pint's gone. And um, we worked out that actually my imagery in my subconscious was that whenever I thought about dieting, it was actually like this black and white Texas Western movie, like, um, you know, wow, wow, wow. Um, and there was like a tumbleweed that went over the road and just like this road to nowhere of, of deprivation and um, solitude and, you know, cardio and bastard cardio and all that. And on the flip side, I wanted to have the excitement of a roller coaster. And that's why I was always eating the crap food because I wanted the ups and the downs and the ups and the downs. And I was kind of looking for a bit of drama and meaning away from the Western movie. When we integrated that, it actually completely changed my personal training studio business. Um, it, I retired from the whole industry myself. And I think I didn't even come back for the second session for like, months afterwards and it was an afterthought so I only had two of the 10 sessions so it completely you know when I talk about how um, there was a large pivot point that totally was the work that I was doing with Kylie and helping me up level my mindset um, and over the years we've been also mastermind buddies and working through things and it's like Basically, Kylie, Kylie talks about it. She's um, an ascender. So she's super big picture, super visionary, um, sees the potential for everybody. And I'm a freaking workhorse. Like I'm the grounded workhorse where I'm like, yeah, come on. You know, like, like just load me up. I'll do it. I'll do all of it. But, but um, you know, we need both of each other's talents because 
she'll be off there. You know, we talk about she just like her, her mode of operation is like swanning around. So, so she does all this swanning around and then makes an amazing impact um, and magnetizes a lot of business and, and results to her. Whereas I'm like, um, you know, the real warrior, the tiger that kind of like really hunts and chases and loves the thrill of the chase. And I love, I just love hard work. But the problem with if you are just working hard and looking at your feet the whole time, you might just be running around in circles or you might just be like veering off, you know, 500 miles in the wrong direction. And so with the combination of both our talents, we actually were running a um, similar weight loss motivation coaching business in parallel where Kylie was really helping people work from the inside out and I was helping people work um, like create results from the outside in. So, so my mode of operation is that the doing helps the doing and the alignment of the behaviors. It's like, hey, I'm going to throw down a gauntlet for you and see how you do. And let's, let's um, work through the resistance of why you don't want to do that. And it might be something as basic as let's cut out protein. Let's cut out um, carbs from your diet for three days. And then let's work on the resistance and the freak out that's happening. You know, like, so one lady, one lady, um, she was telling me that, you know, like the weight loss isn't working and, you know, I'm doing all this emotional work. I said, okay, well, let's do something and let's cut, you know, carbs out for three days. And it was the doing that made her wake up. She, she ended up, didn't make it past the first day and um, was found herself eating six Krispy Kremes in bed that night. So, so because of that doing, we were able to unpack this whole part of what freaked her out about that, what actually was the trigger for that, and we worked through those beliefs. Whereas Kylie's on the flip side where Kylie actually doesn't really ask anything of anybody but, but only helps them heal the trauma of their past and see a bigger vision for themselves so that they can lead themselves. So it just becomes a really nice blend <laughs> of constantly, you know, checking about have I got like, am I thinking about myself in the grandest possible version of me? And am I also grounded in the practical habits that would give me long lasting results that I really want? Um, you know, and it's, it's funny, like when I used to get coaching from Kylie, she would do all this stuff and I'm such an action warrior and I'd be like, right, I've got to do this and this, I've got these goals. And at the end of my session, I would have led myself or Kylie would have led me and I would give myself action steps, which were things like go and sit out on the lawn and pat my dogs or go sit under a tree and read a book. And I was like, what, what the fuck is this voodoo? I, I love doing why does I want doing stuff? And, um, you know, I was like, how is this going to make me lean and buff and ripped and shredded? And what it actually helped me in the long run discover is that I just thought being lean and ripped and shredded all day, all year, all life, all my whole life was what was going to make me um, happy and, and have acceptance for myself. But actually the flip side happened. I accepted more of myself the way I was right now. I created a level of homeostasis for my body that actually um, honoured my Pacific Islander. You know, I'm not meant to be super, like, it's, it's not in my genes. It's not my evolutionary ancestry to be ripped and, and um, shredded all, all the time. And so I created this beautiful balance that I was able to live in, just not like physical as well as my business. Um, and so it just became, once I had a, a baby and then I realized how even more um, constricted you can be with 
the amount of time and available resources you can. And so me being a big visionary, I wanted to make a biggest, the biggest impact I possibly could uh, without compromising on my enjoyment. Like a large part of everything I've told you guys is, is also about um, getting out of the trading time for money game. So even when like I created a program where it was like um, kind of like a, a CrossFit high level program where uh, we did about, mm, there was probably only about six touch points a month um, where they come and see me. There was like a, we do sort of an adventure program. We do a Wednesday morning session and then one little uh, like little seminar session or skill session. And I charge $500 a month for that. Um, and, you know, I had like 12 people in that. So I was only working six, six um, hours a week and basically making a grand an hour for that. So, so for my frame of reference is that I totally would much rather do the least possible effort and have the most return and be able to invest the majority of my time having awesome conversations with people like you and your followers um, and constantly investing in that growth. So it really became an, my own evolution as a personal trainer, wanting to help as many people as well as following my own values and not wanting to compromise on them as well. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Thanks for taking the time out of the day for you to be able to share with my audience. I really appreciate it and excited to be working with you and Kylie going forward. I've got the um, NLP uh, intensive coming up, so I'm really excited for that. So really thankful for you to be able to share with the audience, uh, to be able to share your experience with NLP and with Kylie as well. So thanks for that. You're so welcome, Cody. Um, I I, I just want you guys out there listening to realize what an awesome opportunity that you have to be in Cody's audience. Just, I, I see the passion and the commitment and the confidence you continually bring to this bigger vision of you seeing what's possible. And now that you're investing in your, you up-leveling your mindset and putting this incredible program together so that the personal trainers can follow in those footsteps and, and learn from the industry's best, just being in this vicinity, you will start getting the benefits of Cody investing, continually investing in himself um, and amazing, you know, industry leaders. So you're totally in the right place. Um, you know, jump on any opportunity that you can to invest in yourself and get on the Cody train because I can see that shit's happening really quick and it's a train that's moving really fast. Awesome. Uh, in terms of if someone has any questions for you or Kylie, what's the best way for people to to be able to get in contact with you guys? Um, you probably could just send us an email at Bianca at mymindcoach.com.au. Um, and we have some really cool, um, got lots of cool resources. So not only just for um, like intuitive eating, um, self overcoming self-sabotage so that you can help you better with, with leading your clients, but also the personal power so that you can, you know, really fulfill your own potential and become that leader in your life and, and fulfill that vision that you have for yourself too. So just send us an email and let me know what's going on for you and let's see what we can do to help you out. Awesome. Thanks very much for that. Really appreciate it. See you, mate. There we go, guys. There's today's episode. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to pursue your own peak performance by listening to this podcast. I truly, truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to give back to the podcast, the best way to be able to do this is to be able to share any of these episodes with your friends, family, or co-workers. Alternatively, you can leave us a comment or a five-star review as these mean the world to us. 
Be sure to check out our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Pursuers of Peak Performance to join the conversation and get access to all the episodes before they come out on the other platforms. Thanks again for listening, guys. Catch you in the next episode.